Welcome to the Teaching Behavior Together podcast, where I provide you with actionable steps for making your classroom management plan effective by incorporating behavioral and social-emotional learning activities into your daily teaching. Hi, I'm Maria, and I have 10 years experience in the field of behavior analysis. In each episode, I will be providing you with effective and evidence-based strategies you can use to create a classroom environment you want to go to each morning. No longer will you be driving home in tears over the overwhelming feeling of trying to manage student behaviors. So sit back, listen up, and start seeing success. and welcome to this episode of the Teaching Behavior Together podcast. Today we're going to be talking all about token economies and how to make the token economies that you're utilizing in your classroom more effective. So token economies are very popular interventions that are utilized in schools to help support the reinforcement of skills that we're teaching our students so that they're earning towards some sort of backup reinforcer, right? So the basic premise of a token economy is that a student earns tokens, stickers, points, tallies, whatever it might be, and then later on they trade in those objects, tokens, points, whatever it is for a backup reinforcer. Ideally, that backup reinforcer is something that that student enjoys or wants to work for because they are engaging in behaviors to earn tokens that they later exchange for that backup reinforcer. So again, token economies are very popular interventions in classrooms. There can be school or class-wide token economies where the entire class is earning tokens towards some sort of backup reinforcer, like if they're earning points towards pajama day or movie day or popcorn party or whatever it might be. But then there's also individualized token economies where we have students who have individual token boards where they're earning tokens for specific behaviors that they engage in to then later exchange for reinforcer that they want. As I said, token economies are very popular interventions. If you're listening to this podcast and you're a special education teacher, you probably have utilized a token economy at least once in your classroom. But a lot of times what teachers ask me is how do I make my token economy more effective because right now it's not working or the student doesn't want to earn the tokens or the student doesn't want the backup reinforcer. And there are a couple of strategies that we can engage in to make our token economies more effective. If you want your token economies to be more successful and for your students to learn more skills and engage in appropriate behaviors in your classroom, then keep listening because I have a couple of strategies for you to make your token economies more successful in your classroom. The first strategy I have is to make sure that you have data on the behavior that you are targeting for increase, okay? So what I mean by that is with any token economy, we are awarding tokens based on engagement in appropriate behavior or a targeted skill that we're teaching a student, okay? So let's think of an example because in a lot of these episodes, I like to lay out an example so you can visualize what I really mean by these different strategies. So let's say in our classroom, we have a student who is earning tokens for using kind words with their peers, okay? So the student might have some lagging skills around appropriate social interactions with peers and utilizing kind words and engaging in kind actions with our peers. So we really want to teach that skill. So we're explicitly teaching that skill. We are providing the student with lessons and supports for discriminating between what's kind and unkind and and any social skills that they might need to engage in appropriate peer interactions, okay? 
So on the back end of all of this, behind the scenes, what's working in the background is that our student is getting ex explicit instruction on kindness towards others and engaging in appropriate social skills when we're interacting with our peers, right? And what's happening on the front end with our token economy is that whenever we see the student engage in one of those skills that we're teaching them is that we're awarding them a token, right? So then later they can exchange that token for a backup reinforcer. So a token economy is going to be most effective if we have data on how often this behavior occurs in our classroom so we can set that threshold for the backup reinforcer. There are two decisions that you need to make when setting that threshold. One, how often do you think that student needs to contact that backup reinforcer throughout the day? And what you need to set your threshold at so that that student can contact that backup reinforcer either several times a day or at least once a day. When you're first implementing a token economy, I highly, highly, highly suggest that the student contacts the backup reinforcer at least one to two times a day, at the very, very least. More light than likely you're gonna need them to contact that backup reinforcer several times throughout the day, but it really depends on the behavior. It depends on the age of the student. It depends on the nature of the behavior and how often that behavior is occurring in the classroom. So there's a lot of factors that go into making the decision on where to set your threshold at, but the key to making that decision is having data on that behavior. If you have data on how often that behavior occurs in your classroom, it's gonna help you make those decisions. More than likely, if you are utilizing a token economy, it's because that appropriate behavior is not happening enough, right? We wanna increase the number of times that that behavior is happening in our classroom. The rate of behavior might be pretty low. So we wanna make sure that we're setting our threshold so that student contacts the backup reinforcer. That is what is going to be key. And there's a lot of variables that go into the decision of where to set that threshold at, or what we call in the ABA world, the rate of exchange. So at what point can the student exchange their tokens for that backup reinforcer? That is gonna be key to the success of your token economy. If the threshold is too high, meaning that the student has to engage in the behavior so many times throughout the day to access that backup reinforcer, it's not going to be effective. There is this myth out in the education world that token economies are really easy and all you do is you give kids tokens and they earn a backup reinforcer. They are so much more complicated than that and that's why I'm doing this episode. And one of the things that is pretty complicated about having a successful token economy is knowing where to set that threshold. And there's no really easy and fast way for you to make that decision, but here are some of the factors that you want to think about when you're setting that threshold. One, how often that behavior is already occurring in your classroom. If it's zero times a day, then that threshold is gonna be really, really low because you want that student to earn that backup reinforcer. If it's happening a couple of times a day, but you really want it to be happening more times so that behavior might already be in the student's repertoire, we know that the student can engage in that behavior, you can set that threshold a little bit higher so that the student is engaging in more of that behavior to earn that backup reinforcer. But if the behavior is not happening at all and the student really doesn't have the skill to engage in that behavior, that's why we're teaching those skills in the background, we really wanna set that threshold pretty low. 
I can't emphasize this enough, data is gonna help you make that decision. So you are making the decision around how many tokens a student has to earn to earn that backup reinforcer. And then you also want to make the decision of how long that student can engage with that backup reinforcer. And that should be proportional to the work that they had to engage in to earn the backup reinforcer. So say they had to earn seven tokens to earn the backup reinforcer and they choose to play on the iPad, you wanna make sure that the time on the iPad is proportional to the work they put into earning that, okay? So it's not gonna be, okay, so you earned seven tokens and it took you three hours to do that, now you get 30 seconds on the iPad. You wanna make sure that that is proportional. So when you're thinking about the threshold, you also wanna be thinking about what proportional amount of time they can engage with that backup reinforcer or the size of that backup reinforcer matches that proportion. Those are the key two things that you want to keep in mind when you're making the decision about the threshold to set the earning token point at, meaning that the student earns this number of tokens and that's when they can contact the backup reinforcer. I hope that that made sense. I'm trying not to use too many technological terms that we utilize in the ABA world because those are just really confusing and then explain it in such a way that allows you to make decisions around where to set the threshold at. This is like one of the key places that token economies fall apart is that I see that we are requiring way too much of the student to, too many behaviors for that student to engage in to earn that backup reinforcer and then the student never ends up earning it that day and then the next day they're kind of feeling defeated and they feel like, well, why would I even do this? And then teachers come to me and say, well, my token economy is not working. They don't want to work for the tokens or whatever it might be. And it might be because they're not being successful with it. Successful means that they earn the number of tokens they needed to earn to earn that backup reinforcer. Okay, so on to the next strategy that I have for you, and that is to condition your token. Now, what that means is that our tokens, the stickers, tallies, points that you give students are not inherently reinforcing, right? A physical picture of a star that you're giving a student means nothing to that student. We need to condition that token. So if you find that your token economy is not working, this might be a step that you need to go back to to condition the token to make sure that it is effective. Now, what I mean by conditioning the token is it needs to have a reinforcing value to that student. So just telling a student, if you earn five of these stickers, you get computer time, doesn't mean that those stickers are what's gonna be reinforcing enough for them to later exchange them for computer time. The very first step of your token economy might be that you are conditioning this token, okay? This step does not need to occur for every single student, but if you find that you're like, this isn't working, then this might be a step that you go back to and teach, okay? So what I mean by conditioning a token, I mean pairing it directly with the backup reinforcer. So it's like a one-to-one -one ratio. The student engages in the behavior, you give them the token and you say, now you can exchange this for a choice of whatever is on your menu of, to of backup reinforcers, okay? So again, what that looks like is student appropriately engages in a kind interaction with a peer. You say, you engage in a kind interaction with a peer. Here is your token for that. Now let's go exchange it for a item on this menu, okay? And what you're doing is you're drawing that connection, you're building that contingency of this token earns me the choice on the menu, okay? So then you can say, 
Now you have to earn two of these stars to earn the backup reinforcer. So the student engages in one kind act and you say, you did it. You engage in a kind act with a peer. Here's your first star. Now you have to earn a second one to access the menu item, okay? And then once they engage in the second behavior, you say, great job, you did You did it. You engage in a kind act with a peer. Here's your second token. Let's go exchange it for something on our menu. Obviously, you're going to use better wording than I'm using in this episode. You guys are teachers. You know how to do that. This is just an example of walking through what it might look like in your classroom. So with the token economy, you've your ideal threshold has been set, right? So you've identified, okay, eventually I want to get our student to five tokens so that they can earn the backup reinforcer. But if you're first starting out, you want to really pair one-to-one. You engage in the behavior, you earn a token, we immediately exchange it for a backup reinforcer, okay? Now, this is an optional step. If you find that your token economy is not working, it might be because the token is not actually conditioned as a reinforcer. And again, the way we condition it as a reinforcer is we pair it with the behavior. So right after the behavior occurs, we say, here's your token. Now let's go exchange it for the backup reinforcer. So they build that contingency. If I engage in appropriate behavior, I get my token, I turn my token in for something else. And then you would set the ultimate threshold for the behavior, right? So now you have to earn five tokens, or now you have to earn two tokens, or now you have to earn 10 tokens, whatever that threshold is, you decide that based on the data that you have, but first you might have to pair that token. Again, that's a big might. Some of our students might get this concept right away. Some of our students might not. So again, if your token economy isn't working, this might be a step that you go back and you reteach. My third strategy for you is to select backup reinforcers that are reinforcing. And what I mean by that is I hear over and over and over and over and over and over and over again is that they don't want to work for that. Okay, well, if they don't want to work for that, let's give them a menu of things that they want to work for. I'm going to get a little bit ABA on you and talk about motivating operations for a second. Motivating operations make a reinforcer valuable in the moment and make behaviors that allow a student to access that reinforcer more likely to occur. Or it could have the opposite effect where if a student has too much of a reinforcer, it makes that reinforcer less valuable in that moment and behaviors that allow the student to access that reinforcer less likely to occur. Maybe I'll do a whole episode explaining motivating operations. It is more of an ABA terminology and a greater understanding of what motivates our behavior and why we engage in the behaviors that we engage in. But what we need to know for a token economy and for a token economy to be effective is that we should always have choice worked into those backup reinforcers. Because more than likely, if you have a student who is just earning one thing, that they're gonna what's called satiate on that reinforcer and that item will no longer be reinforcing to our student and then the token economy won't be as effective. So I always highly, highly encourage a large menu of options for the students so that they're able to select from those options and either put that option on their token board or utilize some sort of visual picture that, that says choice so that when a student earns the five tokens, they get choice off of that menu, okay? So if a token economy isn't working in terms of we do have a large menu of options and a student puts on their choice board that they want to earn time to play with the dry erase boards and you guys do a math activity that morning where they get to utilize the dry erase boards but the student is earning tokens towards being able to draw on the dry erase boards then they've already utilized them that morning so that might not be as reinforcing anymore so then the student might not engage in the behavior that we want them to engage in to earn time with the dry erase boards. 
That's why if we utilize some sort of choice icon, it can be really effective in that even if you do other activities throughout the day that allow them to contact a lot of other things that they really enjoy, if you have a choice icon, then they can make that decision once they've earned all of their tokens. This can be really, really effective, or some students really like to see what they're earning, so they just choose the item right away, the item icon right away, and that's what works for them. Either way, the strategy here is to have a large menu of options for that student to earn from. And the last strategy I have for you is if you're utilizing a token economy that there is a plan for fading out that token economy. The ultimate goal of all of our strategies and interventions in the classroom where we are teaching new skills is for those skills to contact naturally occurring reinforcers in the environment, okay? And it might take a while for us to get there. Don't get me wrong, this might be a very long process, but just keep it in the back of your head that there should be eventually a plan to fade this out. We don't want our students earning stickers and tokens to earn computer time for engaging in appropriate behavior because that's not what's necessarily going to happen as they continue to get older and move through the educational system. What we want is for them to contact naturally occurring reinforcers and for those to be reinforcing enough to maintain that behavior. So we're teaching skills in the background. We are reinforcing those skills with tokens and allowing them to earn a highly desired motivating item or activity or whatever it might be as a backup reinforcer. And we have a plan for fading out our token economy. And what fading out a token economy really looks like is that they're earning more and more tokens for that backup reinforcer. And eventually they are contacting a naturally occurring reinforcer in the environment that is going to maintain that behavior. So if we think about our example of engaging in kind interactions with our peers or using kind words towards peers, the naturally occurring reinforcer is appropriate reciprocal conversation with a peer or appropriate reciprocal interaction with a peer, right? Social interactions for the majority of our students are highly reinforcing. So if we can teach our student to engage in kind words or kind actions with our peers, then peers will more than likely want to engage back with our student that reciprocity will be established. So then that engagement will be the naturally occurring reinforcer in that student's environment. They might no longer need tokens to engage in kind words or kind actions with our peers because that reciprocal interaction with the peer is what's going to maintain that behavior. Again, this might be a very long process and depending on the behavior and the number of times that that student engages in the behavior, it might take a while, but keep in the back of your mind that we should eventually be fading this plan out, okay? We don't want our students to be earning two or three tokens at a time to earn a backup reinforcer. We really want that naturally incurring reinforcer to maintain the behavior over time. That's what's going to allow our students to be so, so successful is contacting those naturally occurring reinforcers because those occur without any adult mediation. Those occur when we're not there. Those occur in different settings, in different uh, areas of their life. Those will occur regardless of an adult is there to give them a token or not. So that is the ultimate goal of all of our strategies that we utilize to teach skills and utilize our extrinsic reinforcement systems is that they eventually contact whatever is naturally occurring in the environment. All right, so that's all the strategies I have for you today on making your token economies more effective. As a summary, remember we are taking data on how often that behavior occurs so we can really set the threshold appropriately for a student earning that backup reinforcer. 
we might be going back and conditioning our token so that it has a reinforcing property to our student. We are utilizing backup reinforcers that are highly motivating and giving the student a lot of choice through a menu of backup reinforcers when they're earning backup reinforcers. And we have that plan to fade out our token economy so that the student is contacting naturally occurring reinforcers in the environment. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that all these strategies are really effective for you and that if token economies aren't working the way you want them to work in your classroom, you can utilize these strategies to make them more effective for you and your students and that your students see so much success in your classroom. If you have any questions about token economies or want to discuss this further, you can follow me over on Instagram at teaching behavior together and I would happy to continue this talk with you. If you are a teacher who is looking for behavioral and social emotional resources to utilize in your classroom to help bolster the skills of your students, you should go check out my Teachers Pay Teacher store. It's called Teaching Behavior Together. I have a ton of social emotional learning resources that help teach skills to our students, as well as behavioral resources that help increase those appropriate behaviors that we want to see in our classrooms. Lastly, if you would be so kind and leave this podcast a rating or review, that would be so, so helpful and allow other teachers to find this podcast. Again, thank you so much for listening and have a great rest of your day.